This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Four. 
From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, which makes me Ken Napsok. And it makes me Joseph Scrimshaw. That it does. We are here with you all <laughs> to talk about the untold tales of Rise of Skywalker. I'm really excited about this one today because yeah, we're just getting to some fun fun conversations, uh, Joseph, about stories that Star Wars tells you you might get them or you might need to figure them out your own, yourself. Yeah. And that's part of the journey. It is part of the journey and it goes back to the the, uh, the playground if you're a kid or the uh, bar if you're an older drinking type person <laughs> of experiences that I had during the original trilogy and the prequels of like so what's that about? What's that about? And it the uh, the podcast and the internet are the the modern versions of the, the playground bar discussions and that's what we're going to have today. Uh, we are going to dive into that in a bit as well as some news your questions the return of a segment we're happy to bring back to the show but first let's remind you that uh, today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone iphone android android kindle or mp3 player <laughs> i had it I had it. A little bit later, we'll do our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Uh, we always like to catch up with each other because friendship in L.A. is about recording podcasts. <laughs> it's the only way. Going to events. This is the way. Uh, any Star Wars and life adventures, sir? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, plenty of different life adventures, busy with uh, preparing various shows and scripts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for Star Wars adventures, I've been reading the comics, getting caught up mm. on some of the older mainline Star Wars stories. Oh, great. I uh, got to some sections where there's some bigger battles pre yep. or uh, in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and some people died, and that's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful thing to say but some characters like i didn't know that happened to x yeah, awesome yeah. that's that's great uh, so i'm beefing up on some of my own canon knowledge um another just kind of star wars life adventure and a thing i want to be sure to say is that um obviously this is this is a big time in in star wars and in star wars talking and mm. uh we've got some new ears on us and some old ears some yeah. me- medium aged ears <laughs> all kind of ears uh but anyway we've been getting a lot of nice yeah comments uh from listeners and that is really really uh, appreciated um just obviously from the anytime you do something you're like oh good somebody liked it yeah uh that's always awesome but just the reminder that talking about star wars is valuable in that mm. the, it, it means something to lots of different people, whether it's just entertainment whether it's you know you and I talk through some of the bigger themes of Star Wars and yeah they can translate to your life the ideas of hope and kindness and in hearing that those are actually affecting people is really really awesome and and makes it uh even even more fun than just sitting and talking with a pal about star wars to know that that people are affected people are affected and i actually had a conversation with one who tweeted you and i um uh, i think saturday night zachary bassinger uh tweeted you and i some very nice things and he's going through a battle with cancer and he just had a great i ended up I i came home from a long Schmodown event. I had about seven Roman Cokes in me, and I said, I'm going to write this guy. And we had a good conversation, and uh, you might be hearing um, over in the AppSuck files uh, some more from me on uh, his battle and perhaps here in Force Center, too. Joseph, and I haven't discussed it yet. I'm flinging this on you. <laughs> but it just it was a reminder of exactly what you said, and it's not just praise Joseph and I, but it's just creating a community to not just be positive, but to just come on in here, and it's okay to like this thing yeah. And, and celebrate your history, your connection to it that goes back how many years? Two, five, 25, 40, doesn't matter. And and we really, we hear all of you and we like it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, a, 
a a wonderful thing to think about is even when you don't like something about Star Wars, it can be fun to talk about it. You know, yes, like eh, I, I don't think Beaumont Ken works. I love talking about yeah. it because he entertains me in the way he does not work. Bo- <laughs> Beaumont Ken, who has like 19 pages in the visual dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They wanted him to work. Yep. And I mean, there's the whole thing of like, yeah, yeah. I definitely Rose should have been elevated. But just as an example, yeah. it's it's sometimes just fun to, to to celebrate Star Wars by talking about this was so awesome. This was so deep. This is so weird. Why'd they do yeah. that? It's human. Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's not necessarily your life adventure, but that's a good. Yeah, uh, that was part of your journey. Part of my last, life adventure. Uh, part of the last uh, few weeks. My my Days. my other just dumb Star Wars uh, life adventure is uh, I went over to a friend's house. A bunch of us were getting together to talk about uh, writing and in in mm. coping with uh, being a writer in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Uh, but in order to have that adult meeting, uh, my friend's <laughs> child needed to stop playing Battlefront Two. <laughs> and, Turn off the game and <laughs> and I was like. Oh, your your son's really good. Can I and jump he's, in? <laughs> he's playing as Count Dooku in his exquisite pajamas. Oh, man, I, we could just play Battlefront instead. I was very very torn. Yeah, I was like, put put some headphones on the kid, but then uh, they'd have to remind you the entire meeting to quit looking at. the I screen. would not have ever paid any attention to another thing the adult was saying because it's just Dooku in his exquisite pajamas. I love those exquisite pajamas. How about you? What are your uh, life adventures and Star Wars adventures? Yeah, you know, just being wonderfully busy. I picked up, went to my comic shop and picked up my Ooh. my stack and I'm really behind. So the main line, the new main line's beginning, but I haven't finished the last the last Afra that the, the kind of the all-star book that's kind of wrapping it all up. I forget what oh, it's right. called. Um, Star Wars Ascendant Eye or something like that. I don't know. So I'm excited about that. Excited for the new stuff coming in there. Ready to dive in there. Uh, the comics are, it's an up and down journey sometimes with me, but every new issue, you're like, I remember exactly what you're going through. You know, when I was reading them, uh, uh, you're kind of playing a little catch up, but I, yeah. I, I got, I got behind too, but just like, Oh wow, that's big. And that's important. And that's powerful. And it's that thing of every time I get a book, a comic book, I'm like, this could be the one. Yeah. This could be a new favorite moment for me. And and that's what I like. So that was it. Other than that, just busy. Schmodown Award uh, and Schmodown Draft happened. Uh, if you're a fan of the, uh, you know, wonderfully silly movie trivia Schmodown that Joseph and I have been a part, a part of. And I think we both got drafted on teams and they have kind of Star Wars division. Yeah. And a lot of the competitors who were there who got drafted as Star Wars players were kind of coming up to me and I'm excited for them. I had I had to inform them. Unfortunately, I don't study anymore <laughs> and couldn't tell you a lot of things right now. <laughs> There's going to be a high entertainment value. Yes. 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 <laughs> my so, Jedi robe is ready if my knowledge is not. Yeah. So that was uh, kind of my life adventures. Uh, yours. Uh, we always like to catch up on Star Wars Resistance and I'm not caught up. <laughs> and I just have had to make this decision that I'm probably not going to be able to get to it for a bit. Well, and it's going to be wrapped up really Real soon. soon right? Like this, this Sunday had, I, I saw um, people tweeting like, Ooh, hour, like cool. An hour long episode is two episodes. They're kind of mm. tied together, but it's just, okay. they're just getting this out the door. So it's going to be wrapped up and we're going to be looking toward the future. So I think what, yeah, and you are, you kind of, you're sometimes caught up, sometimes not. Yeah, right? I'm caught, caught up right now. Up. And uh, again, these last two episodes, the, this show has just been such a bizarre uh, journey because yeah. sometimes it's, Kaz learns a life lesson and trips for yeah. a half an hour. And that is enjoyable. Because right. that is entirely in the intent. And then other episodes like this last for the, 
these last two that just came out uh, are a little bit more like, let's get into the heart of this actual story. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm excited to kind of catch up and, and I don't know if I have to wait to Disney plus, uh, or, uh, cause I'm losing my, um, I'm losing my Sony PlayStation view. Oh so no. That's shutting down. It's going away. Streaming wars, <laughs> claim another victim or whatever's going on. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll finally catch up. Uh, we are, uh, on that note, we are going to go into star Wars news and uh, yes, yes, this is, uh, <laughs> Less uh, less Star Wars news is out there, Joseph, yeah. but there's some really fun stories, and we're going to dive into a big rumor in a bit, but let's start with what I'm calling the Ballad of Nine-Num. <laughs> all right. this Did you follow this at all? Before we even get into this, did you see this kind of unfold in real time? I was told the okay. tragedy of Nine-Num, <laughs> and I'm not sure whether or not to believe it. I'm not, this is weird. So it does start with, the question is this, let's break it down to the beginning. Did Nine-Num die the Battle of Exegol. Uh, this started with a Star Wars pundit tweeting out uh, a tweet kind of saying, rest in peace, Godspeed Rebel, 1983 to 2019, and a picture of Nine-Num. And some people were like, yes, and this happened, and no, this didn't happen. Well, along the way, the uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization author and author of Most Wanted, Ray Carson, responded with a confirmation, calling it, quote, pretty clear. That Nine-Num died. Died in the movie. Yeah. Not her novel, which we haven't read yet, which I'm so excited <laughs> for, but in the in the movie. He was, of course, uh, piloting uh, Leia's ship, the 10 of E4, and you do see him scuffling about when the Emperor shoots his electric yeah, you, shot. You see him not having a good day. <laughs> I think there's no argument there. Uh, Nine Num's taking some <laughs> Sith lightning to the fingers and yeah. the jowls. And he's not there celebrating at the end. So, all right, one plus one equals chicken sometimes, as Brian <laughs> Regan would say, but... I think he's two plus two equals chicken. Never mind. Um, but Mike Quinn, the performer inside of Nine Num, uh, posted on his Facebook page, that makes sense, saying, hey, he's alive. And he claims that uh, the ship 10, 10 of E4 is seen landing on Agent Kloss, but he's not celebrating because those scenes were shot earlier in the production, <laughs> which means to me, they might have been planned to die. And yeah. then they, nope, the ship's going to land. So all that to say, Joseph, what is uh, what do you think of this, and what is the Force Center verdict? This is the time where you you just want to look to the Force, <laughs> be that back in the day, George Lucas, be it now, the Story Group, and just scream to the heavens, somebody decide. <laughs> <laughs> because so uh so i saw the initial tweets yeah uh discussing yeah no you can yes everybody clearly sees the lightning hit the tanta before everybody mm-hmm. clearly sees it exploding in the cockpit and mm. nine numb having a bad day yeah. everybody clearly sees that uh what was discussed is that you can allegedly see the tanta before itself exploding just as we're transitioning from the battle into ray looking into uh, the cosmic force and connecting with the jedi okay so I had read this before my uh, last time I saw Rise of Skywalker, hmm. and I was like, I'm going to look for it. And I did scan for it, and I personally didn't catch it, but it's also happening at a moment where I had that choice in the theater of like, hmm. do I absolutely put all of my attention into does the Tanta V4 explode or not, or do hmm. I actually enjoy <laughs> what is to me one of the most beautiful and uh, heartfelt moments as Rey yeah. breaks through her fear and, and reaches out in hope and connects with the Jedi. And like in that moment, do I want to really be, yeah, 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 Ray, you're connecting to the Jedi, but did the dead be like for myself <laughs> in that viewing, I'm not mocking anybody yeah, else yeah, who chooses yeah, yeah. to go to the movie with that eagle eye. Hmm. So I feel like 
apparently some people see the Tanta V4 explode. I haven't seen it landed on Agent Class. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's like, mm-hmm. this might be a debate that ends as soon as any of us have a Blu-ray and can freeze frame. Yeah. Or someone from the story group just says, it's mm. a mystery or we've decided. We have decided. Yeah, I understand that if this is true and he passed away and, and lost in combat, much like Akbar, it's going to create some opinions and feelings, which I respect. I love Akbar. I'm not so worried about him not getting a moment in the end. We've talked about that a lot. Nine Numb is great. Nine Numb was the punchline of one of my signature stand-up bits for years. <laughs> so I do love Nine Numb. I have a T-shirt of him. Where, like, I love this character. I he's love great. that he's in these sequel trilogies. Uh, yeah, you know, that's the cost of war, and I'm okay with it. However, this reminds me of General Veer's Empire Strikes Back novel. He dead. Yeah. Hobby crashes into his at uh, Boom. Veer's is dead. But... They never really made that official. Well, there's a deleted scene you can see. Yeah. Probably even now on Disney+. Plus, And it's this. That's why the popular Veers Watch Twitter handle exists. <laughs> and I'm going to put this in that category because I think it's possible that Ray Carson will have said in her book, he's he's dead. Oh, it, it certainly seems that way. It seems like she's like working off something. And that's the way movies go. Uh, we, 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 we've talked last week about the Aki Aki Festival happens every 42 years or two years, two years. depending on when a book, <laughs> a book's deadline is. Uh, so I'm going to keep hope that he's alive. Yeah. Do you want him to be alive? If you, I if do. some, if you got to be the force in this instance and yeah. when people cry to the heavens, did nine numb live? You would answer. Yes. I do want him to ride off into the Celestian sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like how he's been built up in some of the canon books, like the uh, yeah. moving target Leia book, where he's an old friend of Leia's and a little bit of a, a scoundrel with uh, mm. he, he enjoys uh, passing some fluid. Yeah. Some drinking, drinking some uh, booze. Uh, it makes uh, <laughs> it makes him an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like your your cranky uncle character, which is yeah. popular around here in Four Center. We it's like true. cranky uncles. I wonder why. Especially those who like to drink. But um, yeah, so I, I'm in the same camp of. I guess part of me feels like if if that is the canon answer of like, yep, the eagle-eyed fans who've seen Tan to Before Explode, that's the truth. I would have been fine with that being a moment mm. in in the film. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's the ship with the history, and yeah. Nine Num is a character with history. So since that moment didn't get really, if it's there, it's not made a big thing of. I'd yeah. be happy with him and the ship living to die another day and and there's other <laughs> you know carillion corvettes and blockade runners there's other ships uh, we know oh yeah yeah so it could have been the 10 of eve nine <laughs> so we'll see stay tuned it's the ballad of nine Num. all right here's the big this is this is we reported on stuff last week some rumors and had fun with them the the high republic stuff which it seems to be a little bit more than rumors based on stuff even you you and i have heard at at, at parties mm-hmm. and the like and then the Ahsoka animated series, which is is pretty much rumor. It makes sense. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. We talked about that. Force Center generally doesn't go down this road. But this one popped up, and I just thought... Too juicy? This is too juicy to talk about, to not give credibility or attack those posts in the stories. And again, it's it's Jason Ward from Making Star Wars reporting this rumor. I'm putting all caps rumor. And he said it, it is... He wrote it as a rumor, right? Rumor. Uh, that a bearded Jar Jar Binks, a bearded Jar Jar Binks, will be in the Kenobi series in some fashion. Presumably a small scene episode, a cameo. That's me putting my take into it. Could be a portrait on Obi-Wan's wall. Could be. You know, and then again, as we, you know, we'll see when you get to the final cut of, of what's going on. 
Uh, Jason does have a, a decent track record. I think that's why this picked up some steam. Uh, but uh, as always, no word from Lucasfilm. So rumor aside, <laughs> can you imagine if they're just like Lucasfilm is like, yes, yeah. uh, bearded judge, bearded judge, judge chef. We have no other played. details, but confirmed. Uh, we uh, we could confirm this is here. Uh, look, and there was some great thumbnails going around the internet and some doctored photos of Jar Jar with a <laughs> with like a Dobie Gillis beard from the sixties <laughs> as a reference for you. Uh, so, anyways, I just thought. This is a fun conversation to have because people are going to have opinions on this. Oh yeah, this could this could work. This I could really work. I unironically would love this. Like obviously, Jar Jar has a character with a deep history from absolute anger and mockery to ironic enjoyment to yeah. sincere enjoyment. Jar Jar yeah. has uh, enjoyed some of all of that from yeah. fans. I think he's an interesting character in this time period mm. and in his relationship to Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, in particular, in particular, I think uh, being able to play off his trajectory in the prequels where, hey, y- you know, Phantom Menace came out and everybody was furious about uh, everybody except for actual children was furious about yeah. uh, Jar Jar Binks. Um, but for me, thematically, he is about uh, somebody who is just kind of naturally kind and mm-hmm. somebody who is brave. And he is a reminder of everybody matters. Yeah. And that anyone can stand up and and be brave, even if they uh, trip and and step and poo poo. Yeah, <laughs> you can still be brave. brave. So he's this great symbol of bravery and kindness to me, and then gets manipulated. Mm. So just mm. like in the aftermath novel, if if it is a little yeah. bit of him, kind of being aware that that was his own trajectory yeah. of being manipulated and not, and that he has some responsibility. Yeah, for this horror show, that's really interesting. And great reflection on Obi-Wan's growth since Obi-Wan is really looks down his nose at him. Yeah. In The Phantom Menace. Really does. And if Obi-Wan is, you know, really reconsidering his uh, different values Mm. to have him actually have to kind of reflect of like, yes, you you ended up being a very important person in in symbol in in the galaxy. And every uh, I lost track sometimes that every every Mm. being has worth and importance i I should have been kinder to you jar jar binks let's (laughs) touch beards (laughs) beards. press press beards Uh, yeah you're right there you're right there with me on this idea now i I want this to work for a couple reasons real world ones we talk about our love and admiration for uh, uh, ahmed best the man behind jar jar binks uh, and what he went through, and he's coming back for that little game show, and that's yeah, great. and pioneer of that kind of technology. Totally. So if he comes back and gets to do this, like, I, I would just be on board for that. Like, let's see where this goes. But yeah. as far as stories, and you mentioned the aftermath, the epilogue of Jar Jar Binks, Jar Jar the Clown, all that stuff, it's it's really touching. I was Saturday uh, having some dinner, this whole Schmodown Awards thing, and I was, I was talking with uh, Adam Witt of the Movie Guys podcast, and he's about our, our age group, so he has... Same view of Star Wars, same just wonder still in his eyes over it. And he hadn't, he hadn't read the Aftermath series. And we were talking about this. And, I, said, you know, I t- I, I, in re- just reciting Aftermath epilogue of Jar Jar Binks started getting teary-eyed yeah. of what it means and how Jar Jar is left with nothing but the children and, and his friends turned his back on him. So if the Kenobi series is any has anything to do with like, what you've talked about for a while now, Joseph, of, Joseph, uh, of Kenobi having – some real good time to reevaluate what happened and yeah. who he was and where he fits and what he wants to do. I don't know if he goes out traveling to Naboo to make amends with Jar Jar. I don't know the context, but I'd love to have that moment. Yeah, yeah. 
I, yeah, I would love. Come on, let's do it. Or it's just it's a sidekick, and they go on wacky adventures, <laughs> and this show is something different than we ever thought. I mean, yeah, and we we are proponents here of the idea that the series could be about Kenobi trying to deal with vader yeah <laughs> i mean wouldn't it be an, an insane thing if no jar jar is a major part in yeah. uh kenobi is trying to turn vader with a you know basically uh the this is your life yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you it's can look with friend. you can look with just absolute disdain and hate and cut down anyone can you do it to to jar jar <laughs> hi eddie i mean can you imagine if it actually <laughs> worked to have jar jar yeah. face vader and, you know, just get gravitas out of Adam Best. And he's like, Annie, what's happened to you? And actually make, make it work. It work. God bless <laughs> Wouldn't it. that be uh, an amazing it. journey for Jar Jar Binks? And one thing I, if, if this happens, if, if this happens, and if the show gets a decent enough budget to pull us off, one thing that I'd be interested to see is a modern technology take on Jar Jar. Mm, yeah. And how it would improve. And part of... Looking back now, or even at the time, even though it was ahead of its time, technologically, technology-wise, excuse me, you know, it it, it didn't, it, it was not there yet. Oh yeah, you know, uh, we know the 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 art, the the tech got perfected a little bit later on. So throw it into modern times. Now. Oh yeah, when you look, the Mando's walking around half the time. His armor is is CGI. Yeah, uh, Brendan Wayne was in a in a one of those uh, you know spandex with little balls all over and oh. little ping pong balls. <laughs> Which they should just have one of the suits as a bounty hunter bounty. in the next season of Mandalorian. They probably will. <laughs> so a, a modern take on Georgia would be that would be just a great starting point if you could look at it and go, oh, I accept that that thing is is definitely real and not some cartoony CGI I thought I saw twenty five years ago, twenty yeah. years ago. It'd be interesting to me. Yeah, and, and mm. to me, it, it, it is fun to joke about, but also, like, I, I do feel like Star Wars does go through different interpretations. Yeah, um, and and I, and I truly do think that the Mandalorian has its roots in a very young John Favreau saying, "What if Boba Fett found a baby Yoda?" Mm-hmm. And that would have been kind of a, a a joke. Yeah, you know, and it's not a joke in the way it's presented and told. And mm-hmm. I think that. Even with how wacky and silly Jar Jar was designed to be, mm-hmm. uh, that there's no reason that you couldn't get actual emotional weight out of that character. And in some ways, it might be even more surprising mm-hmm. because he he was designed as a silly clown. I need you to get a message to Dexter Jetster. <laughs> nice to help you, Obi. Uh, so we'll we'll monitor this rumor. We'll yeah. see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. You know, sometimes I don't even want to be spoiled. I would have loved to have seen it pop up, much like Baby Yoda. But sometimes these rumors just get you yeah. thinking. Who knows? Who Final knows? news story. This is like the uh, 1125 local news story at the end. Mark Hamill gets memorabilia back, reads the headline. So this is interesting. If you follow this, he tweeted out on Instagram a store called Bookman's Entertainment Exchange in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is a great city. I've been there a couple times over the years. Mountain cold desert air up there. An original Star Wars A New Hope soundtrack, an LP, a record uh, that John Williams had signed for Mark Hamill, personalized, was returned to the actor by the store. Hamill had last seen it in the early 90s. He doesn't say in any of the articles or tweets or Instagram posts I've read how it disappeared. Yeah. It's a missing part of the story. Right. I'm convinced Nathan stole it and sold it for uh, some sort of uh, money. Um, But... He got it back, and the item, the store had the item for actually a couple of years. 
And the owner was talking about, you know, they couldn't really verify if it was real or not, but it seemed real. Let's take a shot. And it was on sale for about for about 500 bucks in the back of the Damn. store. And no one bought it. And I, I, that much money, you can't, it's not verified. I get that. Uh, Hamill got a hold of it again, exchanged a, a, D, a New Hope DVD signed for it. It says <laughs> DVD. <laughs> DVD, not, not even a Blu-ray. And some other stuff, exchanged it. He sent them out. Uh, he didn't go to Flagstaff. They mailed it. Um, or maybe someone drove it out from Flagstaff and Mark mailed some stuff back. I don't know. It's a heartwarming story, but it's fun. And I just, you know, this created some, some this is a moral tale. Yeah. What would you do? Oh God, I would, I, I would love to return something to, yeah. uh, Mark Hamill just because I, I think, uh, obviously he has, uh, for those of us who've, who've been with Star Wars for any amount of time, or yeah. if you just saw it yesterday, he, he makes an impact as a character yeah. of Luke Skywalker. And then from his Twitter presence, he, he's obviously just a great human being. So why wouldn't you want to be able to do something yeah. nice for Mark Hamill? But for me, there's that like meta level of as soon as I picture anyone returning something to Mark Hamill, I picture him on the cliff on Octo <laughs> and I picture some just perfectly nice <laughs> person from this uh, bookstore dressed in or record store dressed in just normal human clothes on the cliffs of Octo holding out the vinyl original soundtrack of Star Wars and Mark Hamill slowly turning, bringing the hood down. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I'd love that. Love that. Yeah. I. How did you find this? Well, that's a question that's a for qu- another time. Yeah. This is a story <laughs> steeped in Star Wars lore, man. This is really all is. pulling in all the angles here. How he lost it. Who got it? Uh, interesting. Yeah. I, I would think. I would think that I would uh, I would find a way. And, right. You know, look, to me, we, we both are friends with Nathan Hamill. It'd be a lot easier now. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But if I was in a bookstore, because I'll tell you, what, like my copy of, I think it's the Return of the Jedi novel or the Empire novel, one of is from a used bookstore in my hometown, Nan's, Nan's Pre-Owned Books. And there's like, there's a message from a kid to a father in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's the nature of used bookstores. You find yes. those weird messages. Uh, and my thought is, I was like, so this was the kid gave it to his dad for his dad's birthday. Did the dad sell it at some point? The, <laughs> you know, did that pass away? This got lost and yeah. sent on the way? I don't know. But I've, I'm just always like, this is, I have someone else's life in my hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. But I think that, that, that it is clear. Really, it's one thing if you like found something like oh John Williams uh, signed this, then you right. could be like oh wow somebody had this at some point and they mm-hmm. sold it. Yeah, the fact that John Williams has signed it to Luke under the picture where Luke is being attacked by the Tuscan Raider, <laughs> it, it's I don't know that 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 is extra powerful to me. That is clearly these two people, yeah, at, who are now legends at the start of right. this journey. Yeah, uh, that like, how can you take that memory from people? That's that's funny. They're want, myths, but they're real. I want, I want, I want the story of what happened. Yeah, last seen it in the early nineties. Mm, Poof. Yeah, uh, I think someone from the Batman animated series, yes, <laughs> based on the timeline, took it from Mark yeah, Hamill while he's recording the Joker. Yeah. So uh, that is the look at Star Wars news right now. Sometimes it's heavy. We, I know we got an Iger con coming up uh, in a bit. Uh, our friend uh, and listener Nick Field tweeted out uh, next possible date. Yeah, coming in February, I believe. So we'll see if Uncle Bob just drops something kind of. Hey, we're making a. We're making the uh, High Republic documentary series. And, uh, of course, Bearded Jar Jar. So uh, get us some. I don't know why. We both think Bob Iger talks like this. Like, we we uh, think Bob Iger is Bob Dole from the 90s. It's, uh, <laughs> Bob Dole wants to come around here. Um, Bob Iger wants to make some Star Wars. 
Help Bob Iger make a Star Wars. So I'm sure some news will be coming down the pipeline. <laughs> Before we get uh, uh, take a little break here, we do our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And, and Joseph, we mentioned Ray Carson's Rise of Skywalker novelization earlier, so that makes sense. You're recommending this? I am recommending The Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry. I think it is a great novel, and uh, Jason's a, a really great guy on social media. He very is. fun to follow and has some uh, big Star Wars fans and has some... He, He's having some fun, I think, going back through his book and seeing what he feels like lines up with the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. But just to get in the mood for this uh, novelization of Rise of Skywalker that I'm so excited about, I think it would be fun for people to revisit Last Jedi. So to do so, download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, reset. And on the other side of this, there's some untold stories. From the Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to dive into those. See you in a second. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back here on Force Center for the untold tales of Rise of Skywalker. Joseph, take it away. Oh, I'm very happy to be discussing this. This is uh, some of the stuff that we, we touched on briefly in our review of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But I really want to be able to dive into it because it's the kind of conversations that are going around on the Internet. And like I said at the top of the show, they're fun playground, hanging around with your friends uh, and having these kind of discussions. So let's dive in. So I think that the Rise of Skywalker suggested a lot of other possible stories that could be told. Um, and we're going to talk about which one of them, which one of those we're most excited about, uh, if any of those answers should have been in the movie kind of discussions that are going around. So I want to start by just asking you, do you feel like The Rise of Skywalker suggested more stories than previous films, or is it just that this is the end of the saga, so we're, we're looking for lots of answers, or how do you feel about that? I think it... W- Yes and no. I think this one did create a ton of stories based off little lines or big moments, and that's what we're going to go to. And And I'm going to take aside my kind of complicated, grumpy feelings over the last couple <laughs> weeks with this being used as a criticism of, of the film. Yeah. And sometimes that's correct. Like, I want that clear, too. But I'm putting that aside because this creates so much joy in me of having these questions. But I also think Force Awakens – might have created more <laughs> because we're just dropped in the middle of this. Right. And I know we might even kind of see, hey, look what happened from that point. But if you go back to Force Awakens, you're trying to figure out not just the who is Snoke and Ray stuff that was going around and made, made for nice stickers, but like State of the Galaxy, who's who in the zoo, how did Leia, what happened? Why did Ben turn exactly? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and why is Luke standing on a hill? Why did he run off? Like it, and, and that's obviously it's the first chapter, so that's hopefully questions you get answered. But I think a lot of the a lot of the questions went went made you look backward in Force Awakens of like, okay, okay, we got thirty years, I want these answers, and it inspired a lot. But I think yeah, Rise of Skywalker, especially for the last chapter, created a lot. Yeah, and I yeah, think that's good. And you think it's good? I think I could have answered that in 10 seconds, but I think I took a long way around to get to it's good. Yeah, I I think that is the way questions should be answered. (laughs) The the longest way possible. That's the way here on Force Center. Uh, Yeah, I'm of two minds. Here, I'm going to take a a, a long time to answer a 10-second answer as well. That's why I'm Um, here. Yeah, I mean, we talk about tip of the iceberg storytelling. It's one of the things that I've always loved about Star Wars, where going back to A New Hope, the Clone Wars are just mentioned. Yeah. And you can infer a couple of pieces of information that, well, Obi-Wan and Luke's father, whoever that might be, uh, fought right. in the wars together. You don't really know what they were, how long ago. And, and ever since then, Star Wars has had 
fun with that, mentioning different battles. The Mandalorian, I won't get into any details because, uh, again, we're trying to keep it mostly spoiler free here. Uh, it goes crazy with mentioning this incident, that incident, that character, that philosophy in inviting those. Ooh, are we going to get that story? And I love Tip of the Iceberg storytelling because it makes you feel like you are plopped down into. Yeah. The Journal of the Wills, which is this massive, massive story. And these are just the adventures of Luke Skywalker. But there are thousands, millions, billions more stories. Mm. And these are the ones we're focusing on. So that's why I, I think it's I think it's a part of the flavor of Star Wars yeah. to be in the middle of a story and going, ooh, I'm, yeah. I'm going down this hallway now, but I would love to open that side door someday. So for me, they've always been a thing that I celebrate. I so I mentioned I was talking to this this guy Adam Witt from the Movie Guys podcast. He and Paul Preston have, have, a, have a cool podcast. It's been around for years. And, and we were talking. We got into this without without even knowing. He was just like, you know what? I love. He goes, I love that this movie created had me going. What's that? What's that? How did that get there? Because you know, he looks at me. He goes, you and I grew grew up, and he's a couple years older. So he's like, I remember getting the Boba Fett action figure, and I know no idea who this is. Yeah, he just looked cool. I remember seeing, and you use this example a lot of you know. I saw Dengar, and that inspired what is Dengar stories? Because <laughs> I, I would see Bosk and be like, what is this? And I'd spend hours just imagining what is this, and that is baked into it. It doesn't mean again some every story sometimes. Uh, you know, the questions you might have might be legitimate. We're going to get into some of that, but it was part of the fun. I hate to sound like the old fogey in the back of the bar. <laughs> uh, in our day, we didn't know who IG-88 was, but we didn't. And yeah. we did okay. <laughs> yeah. I think what it comes down to, and we are going to talk about this, yeah. is that there's the difference between you see a character for a moment, mm-hmm. you understand their function in the current story, and then you're excited to find out more. Yeah. And I think where the debate comes is, are these certain moments just something we're like, ooh, that would be cool to know more about yeah. versus information that people feel they need to know need. to fully understand the story. And like again, just to, to offer the counterpoint, because mm-hmm. you and I are both happy with yeah, yeah. more adventures. I have a, a good friend that I talked to at Dragon Con who is just like really worried about Rise of Skywalker because he mm-hmm. feels like J.J. Abrams doesn't fully tell stories that he needs to hear okay and he's still livid about the lightsaber in uh the force awakens in ma's basically just saying han says where'd you get that and he's mm. a, it's a, a good question for another time yeah. and he's like no <laughs> if you show me the lightsaber it's a question for now don't have a cgi character turn to the camera and say not now wait until <laughs> later so i do understand that there yeah. is that perspective out there in those feelings out there and also like we're gonna uh, someone i saw someone on our discord server we're gonna get into it or we don't have time to talk about it or two other four center t-shirts we need <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about palpatine specifically and i still have some like uh, okay okay he's back and he, you either are on board for their answer being he's back yeah <laughs> nothing else yeah uh figure it out later or it doesn't matter or or you're not and i understand it because there's some moments especially my first couple of viewings i was like okay love this i love this movie i'm bawling my eyes out i, I do want to figure out how that works did you just jam it in there and and there's some things definitely feel like hey we just we wave the hand it's got to work i understand the criticism too but yeah those are some bigger ones not yeah the smaller ones well let's get into it let's get into palpatine because okay. our first uh, bunch of untold stories in rise of skywalker suggested by rise of skywalker mm-hmm. are definitely palpatine centric yeah. so um i think at the beginning of the movie 
obviously we were all we'd all spent a good amount of time debating how is he going to come back and every a lot of people hey i'll be okay with palpatine in the movie depending on how he comes back mm-hmm. movie starts and like that don't worry about it yeah um and i i can see that it is a valid criticism just in that enough people got uh stopped from enjoying the movie yeah. at the very beginning because they were distracted by the how question mm. so i think it is a legitimate criticism to say wondering how he came back was a distraction and it took me out of the movie. Sure. Setting that aside, mm-hmm. do you feel like there is any functional narrative reason why we need the details to I, tell the, the rest of the story? I actually think we don't. And I am someone, and I think there's probably video of me saying, gosh, I hope Palpatine doesn't just pop out and go, I'm back. <laughs> I think I said that. <laughs> But in a world, in a business, in a show, in a podcast where we sometimes have to form opinions and share them because that's what the content is, I, I, I need to remind myself, but also those listening who have listened to me for a while. At the end of the day, when I sit down in that theater, I'm just like, let's go. Give it to me. Yeah. Uh, and let's figure it out. So when, when Rise of Skywalker starts, just boom, we're going. I, and, and, and he gives the answer. You know, uh, the dark side of the force is a pathway to power. Some will consider unnatural. I'm like, oh, yeah, got it. And I pick that you're you're done because because, again, with the jokes of great, where did he get all the uniforms for the Galactic Empire the day after the public switch? Where did he take the time to design ships? So now I do I do have the question where where are all those Sith troopers? Who are they? They've been under the ice. What's going on? We've already got some answers in the visual dictionary what they meant yeah i i just i think i just connected with the get up and go yeah we're here and then i'm i I will figure it out later yeah why does a brand new armored space station called the death star have a one-eyed snake monster thing i know the dianoga has a larger body underneath her yeah but why is the dianoga in the in the trash compactor right I, i don't feel like people got you know, and again, I, I can, I, I can, bigger, I can, yeah. I can feel the lightning reaching out. Palpatine's <laughs> return is bigger than why the Dianoga is there. I, yeah. I, I get it, but just in that spirit of Star Wars, is always thrown out. Like, look, the details don't matter because we're here for the this excitement, right? My argument about the Palpatine thing that, that you were alluding to is, I feel like everything but the details is explicitly told to us, yes. especially by the time you're done watching the film. By the time you're done watching the film, Palpatine and Luke in the previous, uh, or Anakin and Luke in the previous film have told us the balance was restored in Return of the Jedi. So the concern about did this undo Anakin and Luke's victory, obviously you can have any opinion you want, Mm -hmm. but the characters are telling us that the balance was restored and that Anakin and Luke's victory did matter. Right. And then at the beginning of the movie, Palpatine says, I've died before. So, you know, there's no question of like, Oh, was he was he just hanging on? With, 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 did he have a bunch of mattresses yeah. down at the shaft? Like, <laughs> he died. He's not looking good. His fingers are stitched together. The pieces they could find. Yeah. And then he says the the pathway, the Sith, uh, you know, dark side is a pathway to uh, unnatural abilities. Yeah. He's also hanging from a claw machine mm. and pumped full of weird fluid. So yeah. I feel like the the picture is painted that he died Mm -hmm. scrapes of his body were somehow pulled out by these weirdos Mm -hmm. he's being kept alive just barely Mm -hmm. and he's been pulling uh you know the strings from the shadows yeah 
So at that point, it's like, okay, I really do want the story of when did he get scraped up? Yeah. Uh, was the first order already cooking, you know, mm-hmm. before he got back involved in it? Um, what hell did he go through? What is the ritual that was yeah. performed on him? How does that work differently than force heal and, and the yeah. Jedi becoming one with the, all, all those things are interesting to me, but to me, they're minor details. Like if you're writing the story, you have the outlines. Yeah. You know what happened? He yeah. died. He was revived in unnatural ways and he's just barely clinging to life and pulling the strings from the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're saying it way more elegant than me when I'm just like, it's going, <laughs> you got it. But I think it does when you get into it, it, if you've paid attention. So I, so I do understand to casual fans. Hey, I thought he died much like Darth Maul. Is this, is this before the Phantom Menace? No, <laughs> he came back as a ro- what robot. You lost me. Yeah. I, I get that. And, and that's going to maybe we'll see how that stands the test of time. But if you're, if you're plugged in to star Wars on any level, I, I that's where I took a little issue with this. The, the, the people have been making this a point it's like, you, you just know, you figured it. The contingency plan. He he sent the first order in the unknown regions to rebuild what he started. So you you've, on the on the flip side of that, you don't think at some point he was also pulling aside the the imperial dignitaries and going, uh, "Is there? Yeah, let's practice coming back." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sending uh, the survivors to rebuild because there's some dark forces going out there. Who knows what? Because we thought maybe he was think he was talking to Snoke, right? That's uh, that's. We don't get that answer, but if you read like even the Thrawn novels, and yeah. you know, Palpatine feels something dark out there. So, oh, it must be Snoke. And well, guess what? It wasn't. It was something else. Still could be Snoke, honestly. Could be Snoke. It also could be uh, a bunch of Sith out there. Yeah, it could be Exegol. <laughs> Exegol which yeah. he, you know, maybe he had been there before. Maybe he hadn't. Maybe he's like, oh, cool, new place. <laughs> so that tracks for me too. And if you're plugged in, but again, a casual fan, I, I, I know, I get it, but I think the answers are there. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I totally understand getting distracted by it. I totally understand wanting the story, but I also understand from a the creator's perspective and myself as a writer of like which which details are absolutely necessary to build the theme, to keep the plot moving, to tell us something about the character. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, it was the the weird Sith gorilla Albrecht who mm-hmm. who dug him up. Great, cool. Okay. I, we don't know that yet. That'd be awesome. I want to see a I want to see a Sith gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> the top half of Palpatine's body out of the wreckage of the Death Star? Of course I want to see that. But is it narratively absolutely needed? Uh, I think a lot of the information has given us, including that, Mm. hey, I'm the one who's been whispering to you. Yes. And Snoke was a puppet of mine in some way. Again, we don't have any of the details, so it it creates the possibility for untold tales, but we have the basic information that I have been the puppet master, and I am the one who's been whispering to Kylo. Yeah. Uh, All right, so... uh, what intrigues you about the actual story of Palpatine's return when we get it in someday in some way? What excites you about hearing that story? What excites me is just not only just literally how, but th- this creature being fueled by hate and knowing he's not done and the knowing that he lost, but he's going to try to come back. And, and, and this is the way he's going to do it. Uh, I, I would love to, and, and then what form is it, you know, and again, this is really magical and mythical. You could the Voldemort references the going into Mordor, and, and there's the the eye, and that's all you got of of, of Sauron. Uh, Sauron, like it, it fits into that. By the way, you know, yeah. to me, it's just this. It's this, now Star Wars has that of of uh, I I I returned, or maybe even was born again in a weird way. So I'm intrigued by 
his thoughts, how long it took. Did Ray Sloan know? Who knew? Did anyone figure it out? Yeah. I'm intrigued by that stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I think definitely some of, the, some of the same things. It's really interesting to me that you say that there's a lot of storytelling history in different genres yeah. of how the Dark Wizard returns. And like mm-hmm. with Harry Potter, it's such a big plot point of discovering that well, Voldemort did this thing that people are aware of, but is mm-hmm. awful that yeah. you split your soul by killing people. Right. And then put a part of yourself into objects or other people. And like, and that tells us something about the way the magic works, the way, yeah. what people value. So it, it is, I'm really excited for that of yeah. like, uh, great. We've seen Sith hauntings before, mm-hmm. you know, like we postulated before the movie came out was like, is part of that wreckage just seeped with his, essence and there's some they have to sacrifice people to pull his essence back into the remains of his body or Mm -hmm. what could that tell us about how the dark side works yeah i'm also just really interested in this whole planet of cultists of like yeah why are you devoted to the dark side like that's a a disturbing and fascinating thing like we know the actual sith perspective of people who have the dark side right who have the power of it but people who are just fans fans right yeah <laughs> uh of yeah. the groupies of the dark side right you know what is their perspective is really interesting to me um and and you touch on this too palpatine's feelings that's yeah, yeah. uh, uh sidious's thoughts uh <laughs> i want that uh, that book yeah, um, yeah. the mistakes i made and how i learned <laughs> from darth sidious <laughs> Uh, the, the life of an M- imperial CEO. Yeah. I've just been getting, uh, I, I think especially now that that story is told, I think there is uh, Sidious, the Emperor Palpatine, I think is always going to be the symbol of ultimate evil yeah. in the Skywalker saga. But there's no reason that, that also can't be from a perspective that matches up with other Star Wars storytelling. That at some point, young Chief Palpatine made a choice. Yeah. And unlike some of the other dark side characters we know, he never questioned that choice. Right. But he's got to have some feelings and opinions about Luke Skywalker awakening Anakin Skywalker and him not being able to foresee it. Yep. And like, did he just, does that just fuel his rage? Does he not want to think about it? Cause he can't think about failure. Right. Like all that kind of stuff is what is he just stewing about? Stewed. <laughs> did he learn anything or is he, or is the dark side incapable of learning? You know, it's because you're so just focused on here's how we do it. I'm right. And anybody who disagrees dies and I take more and more and more. Yeah. And I just I, I, you know, get great pleasure from other people's pain. So why would I ever question my own pain? It's just another another motivation to inflict pain on other people. It's it's the, you know, man just want to watch a world burn type scenario. I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking of of Game of Thrones. HBO's Game of Thrones really kind of creates this character of uh, the Night's King that is that is different from the book. The well, the Night King versus the Night's King, where it's different, but it's just this evil, you know. And when it, the answer that we some of us thought we wanted, but the answer is nah, He was really pissed off about being created, yeah, and is enacting an, an, an a vengeance on it, yeah, and, and really upset about it. And that's his motivation. Not some great plan. I actually liked it, and I think it could play out differently in Martin's books, but. Palpatine is kind of like that to me too. It's like he is just he he is the embodiment of evil, and where it ends up, Sith versus Jedi. I am the Sith. I am the Jedi. I'm like that. That is a powerful enough ending for me that I got with the movie. Stepping on the gas, he's back. Yeah, figure out how he hired those people later on, or how the Sith cultists got armor. We'll figure it out. Yeah, because it's not important. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to some other Palpatine uh, stories. I think kind of the second biggest untold tale of Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. is uh, Palpatine having a child. Right. Obviously, that uh, yeah, that's kind of a thing. So, do you have desires? <laughs> Ken, do you have desires? What? When do you want this to have happened? What What do you want this story to be? Do you have headcanon for the son of Palpatine? No, not yet. We've joked about the Palpatine sex math. I think you've, and I, you know, I, I'm privy to some of Joseph's notes. Uh, you've got some good notes. On I, this. I, I made some Palpatine sex I'd math. Love to hear this. Very disturbing. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have a slight more problem with this one than the, than Palpatine himself coming back. Now, I actually like ended up liking Ray as a Palpatine. I, I, I get the case for Ray for nowhere and if no one. But yeah, I, I actually really end up liking this a lot, and it works, and and there's something powerful to it. When it happened, the time frame, the bigger question I have is, is, uh, the kid where we've dubbed Chad Palpatine is, <laughs> is, is, is he force sensitive? What, what, what's the deal with that? What yeah. do you need to do? I love that Kylo says, Oh, they were no one. They chose to be no one, which might mean he could be like, Oh, I've got this power too, but I don't want, I, I just sh- I, shut I, myself mm. off. Now that that's been really established in yeah. Last Jedi that you can just turn it off. You can turn it off. Maybe Chad Palpatine. Turned off the force and a fallen order. Uh, um, uh, uh, Sarah Junda, yeah, yeah. Sarah, she set herself. So it, it's something you can do. Uh, I'm intrigued by that, but I do like I'm. I, I definitely had more of a huh. Okay, <laughs> when, when it was that specifically revealed that it was a, a granddaughter situation or not. Yeah, know, born of the force or anything like that. Um, so we'll get it. I don't have a specific. Headcanon yet. Okay. I want your sex math out. Bro. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. My, I'm not great at math, so I, I did, did the looking behind the curtain. I, I sometimes make notes in the docs that I send to Ken, and I had to send the embarrassing note on this email. Like, <laughs> ignore the Palpatine sex math <laughs> at the bottom of this document. <laughs> and I didn't. I ran right to it. <laughs> well, we got the, so we got the timeline in the uh, visual dictionary for Rise of Skywalker. Um, so I, I think basically that the uh, Palpatine's son would need to be, uh, if he were going to be born mm-hmm. right around the events of Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So before Palpatine goes uh, full scars in a uh, hoodie all the time, yep. uh, that he would need to be in his late 30s or early 40s. Okay. In that flashback of leaving Ray, uh, the actor, Billy Howell, uh, is 31 right now. So a little young to and be playing Palpatine's son. Yeah, and he looks like it, but like, Good. you know, you can tell. Yeah. Do yeah. You, by the way, since we're here, do you think at some point Matt Smith was possibly going to be cast as Palpatine's son? Do you think that's why there was the rumor that I, Matt Smith was going to be in the movie? I think so. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, Matt Smith was listed in that cast announcement, wasn't right? Like, if you go back, the very first one. Was he actually listed? I thought he was actually okay. listed. Um, I'm not calling him a liar like other people I know. <laughs> I just think uh, it was possible. But yeah, that would make some sense. The doctor doesn't lie. Yeah. Well, actually, he does. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I mean, that's basically where the the math ended up being. So um, it's uh, 30 years in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. It's uh, 19 years in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Ray is 19 in uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, Ray is six when she's abandoned on Jakku. Right. So I'm just throwing all this stuff out there so people can figure out how old they yeah. think the the son of Palpatine has to be and how fast he was moving at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a math problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so there's there's lots of fun what if math to be done. So your number 
the lo- the last number here, you save 36 if born during Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, this but I, I don't entirely trust that. So I, that's why I'm saying late 30s. Um, it makes sense. And it was, uh, late 30s, early 40s. It, it, look, look at Obi-Wan. Age is a weird thing sometimes in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I actually yeah made it some mistake in in not calcula- calculating uh, the full time of the original trilogy. Okay. Uh, Which is about four or five years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, he would definitely have to be a little bit older and all of this is me obsessing on. I prefer the idea that Senate Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah. Would want to have a family for presentation's sake. Yeah. Um, and that this would have been before, but it, I guess it could have been after. Um, I think for me, some of my head can, and I will keep this short because okay. this could be, Oh, yeah, um, it's a weird one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it is such a funny and disturbing gimme joke to be like, which character do you want to picture yeah. having sex? Yeah, I think uh, at one point Jennifer's like, I don't want to, I don't want her to be a Palpatine because I don't want to picture yeah. that. And like Jennifer, you are not alone. You're not wrong. Um, but that said, I, it, this is a it tech advanced. There's no reason that he couldn't have said. I want to have a, an, an offspring just to see if there's another asset for me. Yeah. Uh, so here's a medical procedure. Yeah. I really don't think, especially post Revenge of the Sith, that I don't think Emperor Palpatine mm. is, you know, on Space Bumble meeting people, <laughs> you know? Uh, like long meditation chambers, uh, yeah. sitting sessions. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can get into the, he's, he's using the force to try to, make a bean um and that gets into really creepy places really yeah, yeah. quickly there's some there's some potential creep if uh, yeah, if you I mean, go down the wrong path yes when you ask how an evil person created a child there's lots of creepy yeah, answers that i don't want um yeah i like the rough math of let's say 36 to 40 range for this kid for the father yeah at the time of we see him in that flashback puts him right at the end of revenge said i really can get on board with the hey i am Supreme Chancellor, uh, they they want the idea of uh, a nice, uh, good old, wholesome man. How else could I uh, prove that in the galaxy in some weird, twisted thing and just sham marriage? Or maybe it isn't. May, uh, you know, we don't spend a lot of time with Sheaf on Naboo. Maybe he's like, you know, I like to party too. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not yeah. trying to make him a nice guy. But I, I do like from a political standpoint, he's all about a false image. Yep. So I need this false image it out there. while I'm doing it. Yeah. I'll find a force sensitive woman that the Jedi never found. I'll manipulate her. Um, yeah. Cause I, I would love a kid to be born of the force. Yeah. My additional headcanon then okay. this, and this is a total headcanon. There's nothing for it. It's just me going. What if, yeah. Uh, Palpatine's, uh, uh wife, the bride of Palpatine, uh, under understands <laughs> that this is not a good person yeah. and runs away with the child. Yeah. And after the events of Return of the Jedi, when the whole galaxy knows guy's dead, mm. the son feels free to come out in from hiding yeah. and live his life. Yes. Meets Jodie Comer, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> right. his mom, uh, has a child. <laughs> so my girlfriend was watching Kill, Killing, Killing Eve this Eve, week, yeah. and I just went, "Hey, Dad, raise mom." This I, I know. This, I've I've already wanted to watch Killing Eve, but I turned to my wife and said, "We have to watch Killing Eve now because that's Ray's mom." Yeah. Um, Sorry. No. So. Uh, he, he's happily married to the star of Killing Eve. Yeah. Uh, they have a child. Yeah. And they think, great. But then he, some hunters come after him or he hears rumblings and he realizes uh, my father might be alive. Mm-hmm. She's not safe. 
mm-hmm. I need to get her somewhere hidden immediately. Really like what you're saying. This all does make sense. And, I, and I'm someone who maybe needs slight counseling on it more than others. Not Again, not on Ray being a Palpatine, but the parents I saw in that movie. You know what I mean? Right. They're just like, what's going on? Uh, let's just say even it. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's, you know, one of an inquisitor, like people do weird things and can be attracted to weird things. And who knows? And again, you're two, always two steps away from a creepy question or path or answer. Right. But even if, if something's going on and it's born between Sith and, and new hope, and then all of a sudden, cause we've seen with inquisitors, like some of them have paths or hearts or places that they get to and, and find redemption. And we've seen yeah. some of those examples in star Wars. Exactly what you said. Oh, crap. This is a mistake. We're out of here. He goes on conquering the galaxy. He's searching. He, who knows if he's not, if he's searching or not. Yeah. Dad's dead. Yep. Flash forward. Ewoks is celebrating. We can live a normal life. Yeah. Let's be nobody because I'm not going to go around and tell everybody. Yep. Hey, is that your last name? <laughs> it's a very common last yeah. name. Don't, don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, then you have something that actually makes real sense yeah that they're not even aware all of a sudden someone out there ochi of bastoon is like yeah oh you have okay yeah we'll go get your kid yeah we'll and go the, get your granddaughter the visual dictionary says he hung out with a yup tashu ochi of bastoon yeah you know so there, there's a whole dignitaries to play into it too of like is the bride of palpatine a, a daughter of a dignitary mm-hmm. uh, i didn't even thought about the inquisitors is it is it somebody who wants to be like i yeah. want to propagate this line with you because i am a Sith obsessive, a Sith cultist. And I'm not saying I want that comic book. <laughs> nope, nope, saying. nope, nope. Or did he just, and also too, again, like, did he just steal some magic from the yeah. Night Sisters and he cooked up a baby in a pot? Like, this yeah. is Star Wars. He could have done that. Yeah. He could have made this baby out of stew. <laughs> you, got a stew. <laughs> you got yourself a stew. You got yourself a stew. Stew Palpatine. See, we're always two steps. That's his name. Now. <laughs> That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, I think we are having lots of uh, fun. We're having fun, but also, I, I, to me, this is a part of what the tip of the iceberg stories are. Is it, it, the the fun of them and the interest of them is your mind immediately goes to, uh, yeah, how did yeah. that happen? But then when you start thinking, like, well, what are stories that have value? Right. That is uh, somebody who doesn't ever want to be the child of this person. Yeah. And suddenly that story of somebody who's like, I don't want to be who I am in my horrible father's death frees me. And I get to think that I'm going to have a life in peace for a little while. And then it all falls apart and I have to sacrifice myself for my daughter. Yeah. That starts to become an interesting human story. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just uh creepy puppeting sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I don't entirely trust. So, so please don't, uh, yeah. don't at me with exact, uh, uh, numbers i I am not uh, claiming to be an expert at math i think late 30s early 40s uh anyway moving on Mm. we already talked about this a little bit but do you have any other thoughts on the actual story of ray's parents or the bride of palpatine anything else uh that you want to throw out there Uh, what we're what we're kind of stumbling on and pitching here a little bit is is somewhat interesting because now let's just say it is there is a a mother here a a bride of palpatine who said what an what an interesting, powerful tale if she says, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, I'm intrigued by that. Again, I don't, I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think we need it. Yeah. But it creates an interesting thing because also Ray in Red Skywalker, 
Palpatine tears down her parents, and she's like, "No, no, they were they were strong, strong." And yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tap into that strength, not yours. I'm gonna tap into that strength of two nobodies by choice, and I'm gonna choose to be a nobody in that moment. I think it's pretty powerful, so I wouldn't mind something there. Yeah, maybe a good essay, <laughs> a good a little some historical notes. Yes, from Beaumont Ken. Yeah. Uh, all right, <laughs> moving on to other untold tales. The specifics of Snoke. So, again, yeah. we get the, the big picture idea that he is a puppet of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. We su- see two two half of Snokes <laughs> in a vat. <Yeah. laughs> Haven't regrown the lower half, it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, and we are getting more of this backstory in that Rise of Kylo comic book series. That two issues are out. There's some mm-hmm. juicy stuff there. I have to get the second one. Yeah, yeah. Sold out when I went to get it. I'm at the digital, oh, yeah, digital yeah. copy. It. I'm, I'm, I'm subscribing. I get little emails and everything. Um oh. So what do you want this story to be? So Snoke could be uh, an actual existing person that mm. Palpatine was talking to and then manipulated. He could be an, an entire fabrication that his entire life and backstory was invented and he is just a clone and it's never been anything but a clone. He could have his own agency. Mm. Snoke could have no idea that he was a puppet of Palpatine or he yeah. could be like basically... Yeah, we're not telling the galaxy, but I'm your Sith apprentice, and yeah. I am doing exactly what you tell me. And I go and I visit you on the claw machine arm, and yep. you know, I can't kiss your feet because they're not there. Uh, but you know what I mean. He could, he could be totally just like you are my master and yeah. totally aware. Mm-hmm. So I like this idea of what if Snoke at some point was who he was, and he's out there in unknown regions. And earlier on in the story, we're talking maybe even during uh, prequel era or something, uh, Palpatine gets a hold of them. And then they're because, you know, they seem to have some sort of it's definitely hinted that Snoke watched and knew what was going on. Right. And now it makes some sense. Even that that Kylo standalone comic where Snoke says, you know, if I had your your uncle, I would have ruled the galaxy a long time sooner. And we were yeah. all like, well, what does that mean? So maybe he at one point was who he was and decides to. While, while he runs into the First Order or the First Order comes to him, whatever happened, and I, we could get those details one day. What if he does a little uh, Saruman and, and Sauron situation of like, ooh, what if, what if we were to join up? But the whole time, Snoke doesn't realize he's kind of being used, manipulated, and just part of a bigger plan. Yeah. And so that there's some agency that all, all the things that happen with Ben slash Kylo are fueled by Palpatine, and maybe Snoke is aware, and then at one point, he's dead, or at one point... I don't know. He was a clone the whole time, or so, but just that, that Palpatine is making him. But Snoke being unaware does add power to those scenes with Kylo to me. Yeah. Where sometimes I wouldn't want it to be. Well, I love that comic moment with Kylo and Snoke. And eh, it turns out Snoke was just a, you know. A, it was just Palpatine a, speaking through him. An algorithm in a robe. You know, like, <laughs> it would take a little bit of, of, of it away. That's why. But I, in hearing you describe it, I'm like, what, what, the idea of like, I'll join up. Oh, crap. I don't know that I'm even, I, I was killed and cloned or something like that. Yeah. It's something weird. It's, by the way, it's going to be a little weird. World between worlds, Mortis, there's weird things out there. And, and Palpatine was in search of those weird things. Yeah. I mean, maybe they took a little bit of uh, Palpatine's essence through uh, Sith magic and dark science and, yeah. you know, put a little bit of it into uh, the Snoke mm-hmm. <laughs> baby they grew. Who knows? But it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is, yeah, entirely palpable. And let's not forget that ring that had 
stuff tied oh, to Palpatine. Oh, yeah, yeah, later. yeah. The Mustafar yeah. Uh, rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was going to say something from the Kylo Ren comics, but if people haven't read them, yeah, we'll hold mm-hmm. off on that. There's some other stuff that is making, uh, that tying Palpatine and Snoke together a little bit more. Okay. There is something that I am intrigued by of if Snoke is more of an apprentice figure yeah. who is aware that Palpatine is there and he is mm-hmm. he is serving him until he, of course, is going to take over, just like classic Sith. It makes Snoke a real Dooku-like figure. It really yeah. ties him to Dooku if Snoke That's has great. his own... Because Snoke seems to have his own philosophy and his Definitely. own way of doing things. And that's really intriguing to me if you look at the sequel trilogy of like, well, it's kind of like if it was the prequel trilogy and you didn't know that Sidious was the big bad until the last movie. And what would you think of Maul? What would you think of Dooku if you thought they were kind of acting on their own without knowing that? Is some interesting Star Wars rhythms and poetry to me. And you'll find some of those fans from younger generations are watching it through a different set of eyes who are like, exactly what you said. What? Yeah. Dooku's not the bad guy? <laughs> it's Sheev Palpatine? Yeah. What? Uh, and they never say Sheev in the movie, but I know it's true. <laughs> yeah. And there's, if it is, I don't know, there's something that I just continue to enjoy about that Palpatine needs to improvise, but there is certain sort of fundamentals that don't change because evil is just obsessive. Yeah. And the idea of like, well, Dooku is incredibly wise, but he was manipulated. Right. Mm-hmm. And the idea that yeah. Snoke could be, too, and that while Snoke is so full of himself in that scene of Last Jedi, I can see that character thinking like, yeah, I know I'm getting some help from this guy behind the shadows. But once I train Kylo up, yeah. we're going to kill him and I'm going to take his place. And all the while, no, you're just a puppet. You're just a puppet. That, I think basically we just want Snoke to be Christopher Lee, Saruman <laughs> and, and Dooku here. But Dooku... You know, Christopher Lee plays that. I love that uh-huh. moment at the end. Just in look at in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, the surprise and then the oh <sighs> duh, duh, you idiot, yeah. you classic yeah. fool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So moving on from the dark side into a little bit of the light. Let's talk about Poe. Poe's spice running days with Zori Bliss, Babu Frick, and the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Visual Dictionary confirms that this was when Poe was a uh, teen young man, yeah. and then he he leaves and goes back and uh, joins the Republic and gets trained up by Wedge Antilles. Yes. Sorry, Bliss says you left to join the resistance. Mm-hmm. So first, let's just talk about that. How how do you feel about that is sort of canon tracking? So in the, in, in, in the split second before or after when the dialogue is said, I went, no, uh, no, he was in the new Republic uh-huh. and he didn't join the resistance directly from whatever you're saying, Zori. Then, then she took her mask off and I looked in her eyes and went, whatever you want, Zori. Um, here's the thing. And I saw a tweet and, and, and there's some people maybe unhappy with this choice for, for, uh, bigger reasons, cultural reasons, which I understand and respect. Right. Um, I, I get that, but, just look at Poe as this character who, who was born to two rebel heroes and he's raised on the Avon Four. Have you met Poe? <laughs> he doesn't seem to really jive with authority. You know, yeah. he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's got some opinions. He's Could you imagine mom and dad and, and Sharabay dies at some point early on? Of him going, I don't know. I'm not sticking around Yavin 4 hearing your stories of a rebellion. I'm going to go out and enjoy this world you saved for me. 
Again, jokes aside, I'm making jokes because my perspective, I find Zori to be an attractive character. All right. That's my journey. That's what I'm working through. <laughs> you meet Zori on a working through, working through you know, <laughs> let me know when you get, uh, get to that. the end of that journey. Doing some math myself. Um, and you're going to you're going to run off with this. Quote. Plus, hey, wouldn't you want to hang out with Babu Frick? Yeah. So I, it makes a lot of sense once, especially once the timeline came out of. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a young man. He went off, had this moment, and then at some point was like, "Ah, that's not who I want to be." I grew up. He grew up. Yeah, and became a new Republic fighter. It, it 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 tracks for me. Yeah, I understand some of the big issues people might have problem with it. I I I can't debate you on that. But in story, in the Star Wars world, I really like this. Yeah, it, it tracks for me too. Of somebody who's raised by heroes, and yeah. from his youthful perspective, who hasn't yet been through war, adventurers hearing mm-hmm. their their tales and like. But you just go join uh, the Republic and, mm. you know, do circles around planets for <laughs> safety patrols because nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or else I guess you get called in to, uh, to, to bomb some people as yeah. we see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. See <you> <laughs> some other places. Uh, sorry. Mm. I'm, mm. I'm failing at keeping yeah, it spoiler it's free. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, two fans in Europe. I'm trying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I can see how he, he is a restless, mm-hmm. sociable guy. Yeah. And that as a teen, he would fall into something and go, oh, man, this is uh, this is spice running. I know yeah. it's wrong. It, it, I, I was looking for adventure. I have a bond with these people, but I know I can't do this. Yeah. I got to set myself straight. I made a mistake. Like there's something very real world about that. And, and again, I, I, I yeah. also hear that there is reasons to be concerned about the way some of the real world dynamics there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just the real world, like how many of us have said, I want to push back against yeah. doing what's right because I feel so constrained and I, I don't get to make any mistakes for myself. And then you make a mistake for yourself and then right. you're like, ah, damn, I understand why all of my mentors told me not to do that. Yeah. I'm going to go get back on the straight and narrow. Yeah, uh, I think that's really relatable. And in terms of Zori Bliss, Bliss saying resistance, this is why, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about unreliable narrators. Yeah, I can see Zori Bliss as a character being resistance, Republic, whatever. Whatever. You jumped in an X-Wing. It's all the same to me. Totally. You know, totally. Yeah, so that that doesn't bother me. Um, in terms of actually hearing the story mm-hmm. of young Poe running with Zori Bliss and the crew, what excites you about that? I'd love to give me that. Give me that five issue comic run, man. Give me you know, give me give me nineteen year old Poe Dameron with uh, with his girlfriend Zori Bliss and Babu Frick and all their friends going around <laughs> running spice and causing problems i want to i i I would absolutely be on board for a short comic run yeah if the crew is zori bliss and babu frick yeah who else is in this because those are some awesome new star wars characters right you're wide open you know you could give me like two or three more others you know i i i i I, you know give me the son of uh beckett i don't know (laughs) (laughs) something else too It'd Playing be, some Valacord, yeah. Yeah, it's just because they have a fun dynamic, right? There's yeah. kind of this, uh, I don't know, it's Bruce Willis and Shibble, Sybil Shepherd and Moonlighting vibe yeah. going on with Zoe Bliss and Poe Dameron. Uh, I'm sure their relationship with, was combustible. <laughs> you got Babu Frick who yeah. seems to enjoy a good time. I mean, it just, it's it's not a super important Star Wars story, but to this character it would be, and I'd be up for it. I don't know. It's just yeah. fun. Give me fun. Yeah, here's some wildhead cannon. I would be happy uh, to have uh, Val have survived the, mm-hmm. the character from Solo, and Val could be <laughs> yeah the matriarch of this uh, this there gang, the the crew. That would be fun. Yeah, I think I'm really interested in since the story of Poe in the sequel trilogy became mm. he is a 
really social person who sees the best in people and wants to encourage people, but also has these mm. hotshot tendencies and is happiest yeah. doing something daring to see him as a young man going, I'm going to throw all my responsibility away yeah. and be in, I'm just a hotshot. I want to be in a dangerous situation because it's exciting and I'm testing myself to prove I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. And then what happens? What happens to make him look in the mirror and go, right. This isn't me. This isn't right. Look what I'm doing. I'm going back. I, I come from a legacy of heroes and I'm going back to them. I'm trying to look, uh, I'm trying to think of my mind when Sharabe dies. It's not too much. Yeah. I don't I guess then she dies time. young. Yeah. Yeah. I think so if he's working through that too. Yeah. I think that's a part of it, right? His, it, his anger. A, now we have a real complex character. He's not just a golden boy to me. Golden boy kind of is that, uh, I'm the quarterback and I've never made a mistake and everything. Like it's kind of boring. This is kind of like you said, a hot shot. This is the who talks first. You talk, I talk. This is this guy who's clearly probably didn't get good grades in Yavin's four elementary school, you know, because <laughs> off doing something. And now I'm intrigued even yeah. more about this. It ties him to Ray and Finn in that they've all had some yeah. issues of uh, in their past and, mm-hmm. and issues of, of wrestling with where they come from. Yeah. All right, moving on. Luke in Lando, searching the galaxy for Ochi of Bastoon. What excites you about this one? When, when Lando's just like, yeah, Luke and I were on the trail of a Jedi hunter, like, <laughs> I mean that just that sentence, it's right? It's so great, yeah, man. Like I love that moment, and, and and you're thinking you're going back in this time period. Han has he's gotten married, he's got a kid. He's like, all right, I gotta you guys go out and have some fun because <laughs> you gotta imagine Luke probably came to him. Hey, you want this is important. You want to go? Look, kid, I can't. You know your sister's wants me around. I got to change, you know? <laughs> All right. And yeah, we know last shot Lando found some love. He was trying to change too, but Lando probably was like, Hey, I'm game. I like seeing the galaxy. Also, we know, you know, some, uh, now we know from the visual dictionary stuff with uh, maybe his child was taken or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Let's go around. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. So, I mean, it is just like the adventure of those two doing sort of yeah. treasure hunting Indiana Jones adventures together in the so. visual dictionary. We'll, we'll talk more about, Mm-hmm. Lando revelations from the visual dictionary. I believe it says six years after Lando's child was abducted is when he's mm-hmm. doing this mission with Luke. And Luke that, is concerned that maybe this, that there's still these Sith uh, cultists out there, that there's still these acolytes of beyond that maybe right. the Sith religion isn't as decimated as it should be. Mm-hmm. He's looking into that. Lando has some contacts and some ideas. So they go out together. Yeah. So to me, there's this, it, there's a, great story of two characters that on the big screen we didn't get to see relate a lot right right um but also like they're both getting to be middle age at that point mm-hmm. and they're both like look we're trying we're trying our best to put a foot forward and have a new life but we're kind of getting dragged back into the yeah. past so like right what's the fun camaraderie vibe between those what does Lando think about being buddies with a Jedi master who can just throw crap with his mind yeah you, you know, where is Lando at with the, uh, in his journey to decide, you know, who do I want to be now that I went through this tragedy? Right. All sorts of juicy stuff. A lot there. Uh, you know, DA, give me a DH series or, you know, Sebastian Stan and Donald Glover. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Make it animated. <laughs> Make it a book. Make it animated. Make it a book. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, getting into more Lando stuff. So Lando losing his child. Now there's yep. been a lot of headlines. Mm. The visual dictionary does not confirm that Janna is his child. Correct. It tells the story that Lando 
uh, tried to settle down. Child disappeared and was abducted. Later on, he realized that not only is the First Order kidnapping kids to train them to be stormtroopers, but that they are trying to hurt and demoralize and punish mm. leaders of the rebellion. So they are being targeted in particular. Right. And that after they fail to find Ochi of Bastoon on Pisana, that Lando kind of rejects his life of riches and wants to live a simpler life among the Akiaki. Yeah. Got some great little uh, fact points of like, Lando often liked to entertain the Akiaki <laughs> children with some of his more exciting exploits. So this picture of he's like, yeah. he's been through this trauma and he wants kind of a different life. Yeah. So um, in terms of that, I want to just kind of clarify some of that because there's so much out there saying mm. that Jana is his child. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, with the scene that we do have in Rise of Skywalker, do you want Jana to be his child or do you prefer that he just, that's extra motivation for him to relate to somebody like Jana? I think the scene stands up pretty powerfully on its own for what it is and some of the things you and I talked about there, uh, including, uh, you know, we talked about, you brought up the idea of, uh, you know, a young person of color who was taken against her will to serve in someone else's army, not knowing who she is. And, and here's Lando turning around and going, let's find out the guy. I think yeah, it's a pretty powerful scene. Powerful. It stands on its own. I do believe it it's it dripped of this might have been something else that they just this now real world production. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad it wasn't, even if it's revealed later on, even if someone says, yep, 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 that's that's his daughter. Yeah. And then it conspire a whole new set of stories. Like, what if they go out to discover it? And we're not going to necessarily see those stories. But um, I in the in this movie that had a lot going on and I loved it, but had a lot going on. I, I don't think I we would have had time for one more because it would have had to make any sense it would, or to have any merit and, and weight to it. It would have had to come earlier. Right. And then you've got a subplot. You got subplot F out of a busy, <laughs> busy script and story. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad we didn't get that. I'm glad they went this direction. Yeah. But just as a fan, like, yeah, I, I love that. Maybe one day they'll find out. Yeah. If at all. I, I'm I'm in, in sync with you. I like both of these stories. Mm-hmm. I like the story that Lando's child was abducted and that the First Order was petty and cruel enough to mm-hmm. target leaders of the of the rebellion. I think that's a great story. And I think it's a totally different great story that Lando would just turn to this person who doesn't have a home. Lando has been living on Pisana. He doesn't really have a home. He has a million reasons to relate. And just yeah. that kindness of... Let's, uh, I'm done being in hiding. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's go find where you're from. Yeah. And I, in terms of our our untold tales, that's the story I'm interested in is maybe it starts with Lando and Jana. Maybe it just becomes Lando builds this whole Lando and Jana together, build this whole organization of your past matters. If you were with the first order, we'll help and you lived. We will help you find where you're from yeah. is that's a really rich and interesting story to me in a way to kind of deal with lots of different star Wars themes. Well, especially because the idea is, is so introduced and is so clear. This movie really just really highlights the fact that this is what the first order did. Yeah. We get the person in the, in the meeting saying, yeah. well, we'll have to take more kids. They're doing it on Kajimi. They're doing it everywhere. Uh, Palpatine was going around taking four cents of babies back in the day. So it's something that they would do. Makes sense. And that's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. And now the war is over and you have, uh, you know, those who maybe took their helmets off as well. That's a pretty real world. Like, let's figure out what do we do now? Who are we? 
I could follow that path with Lando kind of leading the way. Yeah. That's interesting. I would love that story. Um, All right. So we could talk about so many more, but I just Mm -hmm. want to bundle up a a couple of them. So those are a lot of the ones we talked about are like, ooh, we could get that story sometime. Yeah. This list is all just what might happen next. Yeah. Right. It's not that the movie didn't tell us. It's the next step. So Lando and and Jana finding her past home. um, We got the possibility of Finn developing his force powers. Yeah. got the possibility of Ray starting a new Jedi order, uh, do Poe or Rose or, uh, Daisy start, yeah. start the new government. What happens with the new government out of all of those? What are you, what fires your imagination the most? Well, the most powerful one is actually the actual formation of a new government. Like what do you do now? And yeah. And, if you're looking around and, and pose in a position of leadership, Daisy's a great choice. Daisy's a great choice. Rose, uh, yeah, that, that's a great list of con. Uh, give me conics too. Like, oh yeah, ooh, okay, because uh, that you you would need something, yeah. whether or not it's a fully formed new new republic, whatever. So I'm Senator just, Claude, Senator Claude, uh, the Jedi Order stuff of uh, Finn developing his force powers and having that conversation with Daisy, uh, Ridley Ray, they're, they're different people. Um, <laughs> having that conversation is interesting to me and what she decides to do where we last leave her. Um, whether or not she moved in to the hut on Tatooine and is now paying rent. And I know that was up in the air. Like, I think it's a beautiful ending, but yeah, so she got the books. This needs to go on. I'm sure she was probably told that in some way. Now this this might be your journey. I don't know if she's ready yet. You know. Yeah, I mean, and, and she she could do it. I'm just I don't mean that like a knock on her. Just be like, hey, maybe emotional. She's like, let's see, let's go around a couple of years before we just jump into this. Yeah, and but Finn I mean, that's, help me. that's what she's got from yeah, and Finn. Help me is very interesting. I mean that well, and that's what she's got from Luke is. Mm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't go, there wasn't an organization, mm-hmm. a Jedi order to help me become a master. Yeah. I just been around for a while. So I gave myself the title of master, but I don't know if I earned it. Yeah. And maybe that's where some of the mistakes I made came from that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all, all of these stories are interesting to me. I think in some ways there's a part of me that feels like the start of the government mm-hmm. is a book that we could see because it doesn't get in the way of much future storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you feel about the fact that we didn't, we, we only got really the emotional story mm-hmm. of the characters of what's next. We got the relief of the victory yeah, and we got Ray looking toward the future and the lightsaber sort of confirming that yeah. the Jedi are going on in, mm-hmm. in, in some way, mm-hmm. but we didn't get anything about the government. We didn't get anything like, how are we going to make sure this doesn't happen again? Um, some of that kind of stuff that we thought like maybe we're going to get a bunch of return of the King and yeah, here's yeah. what happens to this character. And here's what happens to this character. How do you feel that we didn't get a larger sense of the, the galaxy? I like this choice. I think this is always the better path to go potentially because it's been on my mind lately to really study, study fandoms and fans and reactions to endings and the answers and what, and I think sometimes best just, Leave it open. Uh, leave it open, just in terms of what they do next, and just focus on the emotions of looking forward and going. Forward. I just think that's always going to be, uh, I don't know, just more powerful to me. Yeah. Uh, even even we talk about Return of the King. Even then, it's 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 Frodo talking to Sam. I mean, you you have to go on with your life. You have to go on. Go home. You get a family, and you'll find out what's next. The rest of the story is yours. Here, I got room for you. So to write it down, that's more powerful to me than. Sam then went and formed a gardening business and, you know, <laughs> and, and 
leaving in stories, leaving open unanswered questions. Yeah, it's just fun. It's just fun. Uh, but yeah, we did think like, is there gonna the movie didn't leave the time that we thought maybe. Yeah, it, it would have to be Return of the King endings. You know, you were never going to be like, boom, we won. Yeah, Cut to the, uh, the order order this hearing is to bring about the formation of the government. Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, yeah, we yeah. we absolutely could have had like some scenes on Agent Kloss of them of Poe and Rose discussing. Yeah, you do the government, I do the government. How does this work? <laughs> you know, like uh, who's who's going to draws? You could have had a, a little bit more of that sense of. We don't know what's next, but here's philosophically how we're discussing yeah. it or how we're looking at it. You could have had a a Finn and Ray scene about Finn, yeah. you know, saying, I feel these things. What's next? And Ray could yeah. have said made. But it, there's a part of me that goes back and forth about, yeah, are the movies the place for that? Um, mm-hmm. And do you get something more out of just the the joy of that final scene? Yeah. Of we made it. And then. You you just get the spirit of all those ideas embodied by Ray. It it does yeah. carve it back down to yep. This is the story about the state of the galaxy. This is a story about uh, wars mm-hmm. in government. But this is always a, also a story called the Skywalker Saga. Now yeah. So let's end with the last living Skywalker, who is clearly like if you had Poe and Rose have a conversation, go we we got to build something, but. We'll take the best from the past and we'll, we'll yeah. find out something new and, and we'll break the cycle. I don't know. Kind of emotionally, spiritually, you get that from Ray having, bearing the old lightsaber, yeah. having a new one. And she's clearly going on. She mm-hmm. is clearly not just rejecting the past. She is taking, learning from the past and building something new. We get that emotionally without characters actually saying it. When, when you're plugged into these stories from that point of view, from the the themes and the emotions, and you're invested in the characters, that you, that stuff is there for you. And what you're just describing is pretty clear. Um, Jon Snow's walking off into the north in the the end of Game of Thrones is beautiful to me. What I needed, and I don't need to know what's next. Yeah, it does. This is a story, number one, but two, it's just like you go. Oh, I'm invested in that character's journey, and I understand where he's going. And and what you just said, it's just, it's, it's right there. It's not just cool lightsaber. It's these ones are gone and this is mine because it's me and I'm me. I'm choosing to take this name. Yeah. Then you can just fill in the blanks. Yeah. Art should let you fill in the blanks from time to time. Yeah. And just leave the story open for however long it needs to be open. Yeah. Uh, Now to absolutely contrast that. Mm -hmm. If you could pick one of these stories to be a Disney (laughs) plus show. uh, And I'll say, I think this is total. I think the majority of these actors have said, Hey, Star Wars is great. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm done right now. Good. I'm right. Uh, I think John Boyega straight up said, I don't want to do a Disney plus show. Yeah. Talk to me about a Finn movie. Yeah. Um, with the exception of uh, the, the, uh, the uh, great discussion of Rose having a Disney plus show. I think mm-hmm. most of these actors are ready to take a break. Yeah. Maybe Kelly Marie Tran is, but she hasn't said that publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was going to be one, which were, would you be excited for? I think it was it'd be Young Poe on the Spice Running team. Yeah, you know, I, I said in comic, but cast a young a young Poe. Cast. A, oh wow! I, I, it, turn it to a fun. What what what? If Solo had been a series too, we talked about that. It'd be sim similar type of thing yeah. there for me. Um, technology permitting, 
we always talk about Luke and Laura Santeca going around the galaxy. Throw in Lando. Oh, yeah. I'd be there. A lot, a lot yeah, of fun yeah. of force exploration. Yeah, this is not actually going to happen. This is a total wish, not a uh, prediction. Mm. It'd be amazing to just see like a one year later anthology. Mm. Uh, just like one season. Yeah. And you get an episode with Poe and you see kind of what, what he's doing yep. in the new galaxy. Uh, get a uh, mm. little bit of how Finn feels about the force, how Ray feels about, yep. you know, rebuilding a Jedi order. When is she going to do that? How is she going to do that? What's the philosophy going to be? That's uh different. And, uh, you get just like just an episode, just a slice. Oh yeah. So it just suggests they're, they're still out there. They're having adventures. Mm. That would be really cool to me. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> or the reality show, keeping up with the Pal- Palpatine, <laughs> uh, Palpatine and his uh, bride and their yeah. uh, son who doesn't want to go into the family business. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little British sitcom. Yes. It writes itself. Nothing writes itself. It's a terrible phrase. <laughs> um, I'd also still be happy to see uh, Rose. I, as you pitched yeah. the great uh, Rose and Page yeah, yeah. on, uh, on his minor um, or Rose into the future would be fun for me. Uh, all right. Final question for our main topic. So now that we've talked about it, reviewed it, do you feel like this is too many untold tales or do you still feel like this is just the spirit of Star Wars? I think it's the spirit of Star Wars. I don't think there's too many. I just think there's some bigger untold tales in this movie that I, again, really, really understand. But look what we've done here. I just I actually love talking about young younger Snoke or whatever Snoke is. And, and that's intriguing. And you can spend just a lot of time wondering and when you don't have the answers, you always end up liking those stories until you get them, apparently. <laughs> so uh, it's big ones. It's real big ones. But I think it's just right. Yeah. I think for me, uh, I totally understand. I think it's valid to get distracted yes. by not not getting answers and feeling like you're not getting the whole story. And if it takes you out of the movie, that's a legitimate critique of the movie because you, you, you spent some time being annoyed and you're not watching the movie. So yeah, totally get that. Totally valid. But for myself... It's a gift that we get to wonder and yep. it could be, it could be effing tomorrow that, mm. you know, the son of Palpatine comic book is announced Yeah, or it could be 15 years from now that they get around to telling it. And in between we yep. get to guess, we get to make jokes, we get to make funny stickers, we get to make it, that space mm. gets to be a part of the community yeah. until someday somebody goes, that's the idea. That's the idea. And whoever is holding the flame, you know, keeping the Star Wars lightsaber storytelling, uh, you know, ignited, uh, decides to tell it, then we'll get that story. We got to wonder what the Clone Wars was for all those years. And now we get to, we're excited because the final season of the Clone Wars TV show is coming out, you know. And uh, as somebody who's been on the planet for a while, uh, it's been worth the wait. Absolutely worth the wait. Yeah. From there, great discussion. I'm now lost in thought on some of the stories we might get or always dream about in our head uh we are going to go to this returning segment the power of the light side what we do is we post this on patreon from our supporters there just share just a positive story something about star wars from them and and joseph you've you've got a great one you've selected here today yeah yeah so uh thank you for everyone who's uh sent in a thought and we are going to be sharing them all one week at a time this first one comes from adelia chamberlain and i as always we hope we say names correctly and we apologize if we get them wrong but here you did great there I, I, you know, I said it with confidence. So if I got it wrong, I sounded confident while I was doing it. Uh, the statement is this to me, Star Wars is about hope. 
that no matter how dire the situation is, there's always still hope, whether it's everyone's hope that Anakin was the chosen one, to Luke, Leia, Han, and everyone else having hope that the rebellion will succeed, to the resistance putting up one last stand and hoping there would be help coming, there's always some sort of hope. Hope is something I've at times been lacking in my life, but then I'd watch a Star Wars film and feel inspired again. I'd realize that something good was coming soon. I'd be able to hope for better days again. For that, I will always be grateful to a galaxy far, far away. No, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Sounded like a real Jin or so and Cassian Andor there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really great. Uh, and, and, and we're really excited to be sharing these because obviously uh, there can be a lot of uh, excitement and sometimes anger in Star Wars talk. Yeah. And it's just really great to reconnect with everything from that ship looked cool and it made me happy to super important idea. Like we all do need hope yeah. and you can take inspiration from watching a space movie is really powerful. It reminds me a little bit of uh, an interview with Sir, Sir Paul McCartney talking about, Hey, what do you think about your legacy? The Beatles legacy He's like, Hey, you know, most of our songs are about love and that's, that's a good thing. Like yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> you know, we, we put that in the world, and, and and that's all right. And and I'll rest on that. Star Wars being about hope, um, and a morality tale for the youth. But at the end of the day, being about looking towards those twin sons to a better tomorrow that you can often make yeah. if you dig dig in. That's that's a pretty good legacy. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Well said. Thank you so much, and we'll be doing more soon. Absolutely. Power to the light side. If you're a Patreon supporter, you can go and post them. We got a lot. We we, we brought the segment back, and we got a lot to choose from now, um, but more on the way. We've got audience questions. We'd like to take a couple from uh, online spots and Patreon as well. From Twitter, Stephen Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick says, Hi, Force Center. Question for the main show. In Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine's plan is seemingly to possess Rey or Kylo after they kill him in anger. I left my first viewing thinking this was perhaps a part of the rule of two. To my knowledge, we haven't actually seen an apprentice kill his master in canon. So, do you think the master always possesses the apprentice when he's killed? I've had fun debating with my friends and would love to hear your take. I never looked at it in those ways because it's part of the it's part of the journey, right? Yeah. It's part of you sign up and it's it's a weird balance. I'm powerful. Come with me. I'll teach my ways until you try to kill me. Yeah. And you're both aware of that. In the hubris that the master always thinks, eh, they're not going to get me. And they, and, and in order for it to actually succeed, eventually they do have to. And But you have to imagine that a lot of these various Sith are like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, how to make sure that I can never die because yeah. no, why would you? And I'll figure that out before my apprentice. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> I took a nap and he got me. <laughs> oh, my sleep. My sleep is what got me in the end. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to say, it, as soon as uh, Palpatine in, in uh, the first viewing for me of Rise of Skywalker said, all the Sith live in me, I immediately took it as, ooh, is that a, much like uh, Stephen did, mm. is that a cool mm -hmm. extension of the rule of two? It, you know, Palpatine seems to suck that life energy out of Rey and Kylo, which I've been thinking yeah. of as force steel power. That's great. And is that, yeah, is that something that you can do to somebody even like right after they died? Like you, yeah. you wait for your master to nap and you put a lightsaber through him and then, and then is it just power or is it, do you have a little bit of a, a sense of their memories? Is Palpatine speaking just metaphorically of, Right. We are this direct line mm. and mm. everything that has ever been a Sith, all the knowledge, all the, you know, the secrets, yeah. they're all contained in me. Or is Steven is saying, is he actually, are they actually absorbing 
power, memories. Yeah, and, and if it's part of the part of the part of the game here, where the master's like, ah, he's gonna eventually, he or she's gonna eventually kill me, but like, then my spirit will go in him, and I'll kind of live on, but we'll be this power, you know. And then it goes on and on and on. Or that they does the apprentice put that put his hand their hand down on on the slain master and soak up the energy like it's something. Yeah. It makes sense to go that deep with it and be that dark and kind of wonderfully weird because otherwise it is just I uh, great. I killed him. I've got your robe and I'm moving into your apartment and next. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's almost and I don't, I don't think I think George meant it just in very simple fashion. But uh, you got to wonder, too, if there's something more to Does this open up a, a thought process to it being more yeah. spiritual, spiritual killing? Yeah. Part of yeah. a ceremony in a way. Yeah. And, and I think it, there's always been those various theories about like in Return of the Jedi when when Vader is saying, you know, I must obey my master. Yes. Is that partially because they, they do have some literal life bond? Mm. And if one dies, the other dies. Is that a part of Vader's death? Yeah. You know, that that makes more interesting questions of this as well. The Sith, uh, you know, they got some things going on. <laughs> yep. Yep. Clones, dark, dark science, secrets only the <laughs> Sith knew. <laughs> <laughs> so true, Bowman kid. So true. Jared Hamby. To me, The Rise of Skywalker felt more like the prequels than anything we've seen. I mean that in a good way. I'd love to hear all your all your all's thoughts on this being the Force Center is the premier source for all of us prequelists. Well, thank you, Jared. I I I see where he's going with this. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I in for me, I was trying to break it down. Um I think it's partially because Rise of Skywalker is unapologetically interested in pulp and adventure serials and the prequels were really like hey yep. star wars is really popular uh, you know original trilogy and then lucas is like i'm doing whatever i want so yeah. i want to do a film noir adventure with obi-wan kenobi i want to have like a roman arena with you know strange creatures yeah. um, all of it is so pulpy i want to have a weird general who's a half cyborg who has a, a right. wheel bike and then obi-wan <laughs> kenobi rides a giant lizard like it is absolutely pulp adventure serial and i think the fact that rise of skywalker really wants to be that too with yeah. weird dark sith rituals and and daggers that you kind of can't track through time yeah exactly when they were made and how they're supposed to work and why and healing you know big snakes in their underground caverns yeah. and just like all of it is very pulpy. So I think there's that connection. Mm-hmm. And then I think anything that could be seen as a criticism, uh, is, I absolutely adore the prequels. I agree with some of the criticism that because Lucas was not interested in really communicating well to the actors, which is mm-hmm. well documented, um, that some of the scenes come off as stiff. Yeah. But now that I've watched them thousands of times, mm. I in, almost enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that some of the scenes of exposition in rise of Skywalker have that same kind of stiffness. The line we were just making fun of. Yeah. Like, I feel like you can draw a direct line from Beaumont Ken being like cloning dark magic, you know, the secrets only the Sith knew to that moment in revenge of the Sith. When, when Mace Windu just says, I sense a plot (laughs) to destroy the Jedi. Like that's a lot (laughs) to sense. Like, it's not like, you know, a different take on that line would have been, Something like I, I sense, you know, pain. I sense violence. I, I sense, yeah, the the loss of everything dear. Like, but just like mm, I sense that somebody has an Excel, Excel yeah, spreadsheet yeah. with a real good plan. There's a um, on honestly harking back to 
honest to goodness B movie and yeah. Saturday afternoon serial a little bit of stylized stiffness. Stylized stiffness, which is there. but it's <laughs> not a t-shirt. Uh, but it's also because it's George. Because you know, hey George, you can write this. You can't say it, and that's built into even yeah, the original the trilogy. Famous Harrison Ford quote. Yeah, yeah, like there's some of the moments that stand out as a little awkward. I think Poe, big ass door, or when I'm I'm always on about Finn. You got a boyfriend, cute boyfriend. Don't seem Star Wars to 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 a lot of people, myself included, at times because. Star Wars is, it should be like, I hope this big, strong metal door holds us. Well, you know, that, that should be the line. <laughs> Do you have a beloved? Like, that should be more, that's more in line. And, and, and this movie had a lot. It had some great, I mean, I mean, I can tell you. <laughs> some great flowing, natural, human, yeah. brilliant, beautiful actor moments, too. I, yeah, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard in uh, the weeks that uh, Grace and I have seen this movie for her to turn to me and say, you know what you are? You know what you are? You're difficult. You're difficult, man. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times that quote has been thrown in my face. Oh, I hadn't really thought <laughs> of that line as a, uh, I have, a gift and a curse to those in a relationship. It's been both. Um, <laughs> so when it it's done. It's done. But also the big scale, the worlds. You mentioned I was going to go Snake. Um, just Palpatine at the end. Oh, Palpatine in this entire movie is like, you know what I have? Power. Unlimited power. Yeah. It's, it ties to that moment, in, which in is one of my favorites. Ryan Johnson, I think, did it on purpose in the way Snoke speaks. Yes. Like, uh, you know, I saw what every master longs yeah. to see. Raw power. And, yeah. and Andy Serkis is choosing to do it, too, to kind of lean into mm-hmm. some of that. Jared? And, yeah. That's great. That's great. To Patreon we go. Anthony Napadano Jr. Hey, Four Center, serious question. What lessons from the Skywalker saga should I take with me and remind myself as I sit down for a screening of Cats? Ooh, should I go in with a list of demands or open my heart to what the film can offer me? I hate to say that I allow myself <laughs> to speculate irresponsibly and don't know if Cats can live up to my lofty expectations. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. I'm sure by now your journey's been complete. We'd love to hear a follow-up. Uh, yeah. I have not seen Cats yet in the theater. Uh, Your chances are limited. Limited now. now limited. Uh, Joseph, you have. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, this question was written a couple weeks ago when sure. when it seemed as though cats might manage to survive in the theater. But no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that a lot of the stuff that we bang on about in Star Wars is great to apply to other things about mm-hmm. just trying to see the story that's being told. And even if you make up a bunch of headcanon that you want to see. Don't get overly attached to it. Like, uh, I'm a big James Bond fan. Yeah. And I have to go into No Time to Die and go like, okay. Yep. Okay, you have your thoughts of what you want to happen, but don't let those blind you to the story that they're actually choosing to tell. Yeah. Uh, and I know Anthony's joking, but I think that that speculate responsibly uh, applies to other things. Now, I, I have seen Cats. Yeah. And it, uh, it's joyful. I think it's amazing because it is... Uh, you you don't get this as often in modern filmmaking where somebody makes a plan nine from outer space. Somebody makes right. a, the room um, or samurai cop uh, yeah. in big budget CGI world. It doesn't happen <laughs> in it. To me, cats is pitch perfect. Not even bad, not even good. Just not right. Just <laughs> on natural. It, it, it looks like it was made <laughs> by some Sith alchemists. Uh, and I That's love awesome. it. And then on top of it, you can have lots of fun as I did during cats is they say Jellicle again and again and again and right. Jellicle cat. Uh, and just go through every line in Star Wars where they say Jedi or Jedi Knight and replace it with uh, Jellicle or Jellicle Jellic- cat. And you'll have hours and hours of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anthony, I'm going to be taking some of Joseph's advice if I ever see it 
in a home box office, uh, home theater setting. Uh, Jared Kozell uh, wraps us up today, says, Offhand, what are some of your favorite little moments from The Rise of Skywalker? Tiny, quiet beats that didn't affect the plot, but just felt so perfect for the character at the time. For me, the one that I can't get out of my mind is the, yeah, I got you shrug that Ben gives towards the Knights of Ren after Ray passes him her lightsaber on Exegol. Uh, just such a Han gesture for most of this trilogy. I thought of Kylo Ben as Anakin's grandson first and foremost, and that's a great observation, Jared. And there were some beautiful moments and parallels on that front in The Rise of Skywalker as well. But when I saw that, especially in the wake of the wonderful Han scene earlier, I thought Ben is 100% Han Solo's son. I loved it so much. Great little moment. I loved the, and I right away went, ooh, ooh, Han, with, with the, the, the hand, the finger point. The, to shut up Hux. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had that on my list too, because I think it also shows what Hux has been going through for the last year (laughs) that he can't even present an idea without like he, in it it, to me, it like, yeah, I've seen some people online going like, haven't like Finn and Poe personally Mm. embarrassed Hux. Why would he help them? Like, cause he's been tortured emotionally and Mm. probably physically by Kylo and that one great Han Solo shut up finger from Kylo Ren to Hux fills out a lot of why to me Hux would be like yep Yep. I'm I'm, (laughs) Kylo Ren needs to lose um yeah I should point out this this, still pulling questions from right when the movie uh came out so Mm. that I shrug that great shrug yeah has become you know, is a thing. People are do. There's the Ben Solo challenge, uh, raising money for uh, for Adam yep. charity that Adam Driver is involved in. All, all sorts of great stuff. Um, one of the other moments that we haven't talked about that I love in the movie every time is when Zori Bliss gives the command for the crew to attack, <laughs> and she says Jakanka, whatever that means, yeah. whatever language. And Poe immediately says No Jakanka. No I feel like that's one of those small lines that we're not celebrating now. Yeah. But I think the fan community eventually will. I, I think it's going to get to that point anytime that something's about to happen that you don't want to. <laughs> no Jakanka. Like somebody just cuts you off in traffic. No Jakanka. Uh, um, I love No Jakanka. For, for me, one of the little moments that I, I loved is on um, Pasana when they're first walking through the, the Aki Aki Festival there. And Ray has just this smile on her face. It's yeah. just like, what a wonderful thing I'm seeing there. And this just it falls in line with her in last jedi holding her hand out at rain probably not seen a lot of rain in her life mm-hmm. and just going wow uh her going back it, it goes back to where we first meet her making the bread eating and putting the helmet on just kind of getting lost in this own she's a sweet person she's a sweet sweet person and to have ray celebrate culture and life in that way just looking around like what is this joy yeah i really like that moment and in particular not watching kids and mm-hmm. seeing a happy childhood seeing community yeah. and what is happening and they're being told a story yeah which just ties into so many ideas of star wars mm-hmm. uh Another moment for me that's just a fun little thing that I didn't notice the first viewing and then did on, on other viewings, and maybe everyone in the world had, has noticed, mm. that at the festival as well, BB-8 is checking out the canisters. Yes. There's that shot of him checking out the canisters, so he, uh, he yeah. he's already thinking, like, how can I use these <laughs> <laughs> as a weapon, maybe? We might these. Um, yeah. Any any other little moments for you? I mean, there's a lot along the way, little battle stuff. I love anytime Lando's happy in the cockpit. is pretty good, <laughs> even though it's in the, in the middle of a battle. Uh, a lot of those little moments there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last one for me is the, uh, I love everything about that final Tatooine scene, but the sideways ignition of the blade. Mm. 
Yet yeah, another, oh, yet yeah. another thing to just go like, look, we're heading into the future, but yeah. in a slightly different way. And just we've seen so we either don't see it or we see the yeah. you know, up and down. But the sideways flick is great. I do enjoy that. Um, one other thing I wanted to throw in before we wrap up with audience questions, because I realized I made a note of it and forgot to say in terms of the prequel discussion mm-hmm. of how this feels more like the prequels. I know there's lots of uh, strong opinions about Raylo. But I think the fact that the sequel trilogy builds to Rise of Skywalker having this strong force connection and these Mm. ideas of romance and this idea of giving your life, not letting your loved one die. I think there's lots of just um, some of the energy going on between Kylo and Rey Mm. uh, and Ben Solo and Rey really does tie back to the things that Anakin and Padme were wrestling with. And, you know, there's the direct parallel of, you know, Anakin. Mm-hmm. wanted to save Padme, but from a selfish perspective, but I just mean like mm. mood wise. Yeah. And you, maybe it's getting into on the kind of like a, a deeper level, not the super analytical level, but just yeah. like, why does this feel like it? And it's because, well, cause this big star crossed romance yeah. and the mysteries of the force being tied to it, it, it evokes the prequels to me. I think you're right. You almost as if their theme, their love theme could play <laughs> in the background. There. Yeah. Uh, Jared, thanks for that question there. Thanks for all of you who contributed uh, to the questions. That's Anthony, uh, other Jared, and Stephen in A Day with the Power of the Light. Uh, if you have a question for us, you want to reach out, join the conversation, you can do so by going to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center, like our Facebook page, or on Instagram as well, net is our website. Podcasts available in a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, YouTube, yeah, a lot, a lot of, uh, new subscribers in the last couple of weeks. We don't base a lot of our show on YouTube, but there's some stuff we're talking about down the line. Uh, stay, stay with us there. We got some in memoriams up there, the animated data break brawl, a lot of things there. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and Patreon. Joseph, we, we, we're going to have to have a business meeting soon because we're getting close to some goals. Yeah, that's right. We have gotten close to some goals. We've passed some goals, but we also just wanted to give a, a shout out to all of the new patrons we have or people who have, uh, bumped up what they're helping us out with. So thank you so much for that. And we wanted to let you know that we are making some Patreon-based plans and some uh, news will be coming soon. And if you want to check it out and see if it's for you, you can go to patreon.com slash center. Absolutely do that if you want. And we got our own stuff going on. You can follow me at catnapsock or go to catnapsock.com. I have a rough date for a big comedy show out in Las Vegas forthcoming. Stay tuned for that and maybe some other things around town. And Joseph, if they want to follow your adventures, they can go to your website. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can go to my website, website josephscrimshaw.com for info and updates on podcasts and live shows and all that. In particular, uh, I know people on Force Center love it every time that uh, Billy Business has mm. been a guest on uh, on one of the Force Center shows. He was a great guest on my podcast, Obsessed, talking about his his love of the band Kiss. It was a really fun conversation because he was just like, mm. no one ever wants to talk about no. Kiss. <laughs> I do. But. So we had a fun talk about Kiss. That's on my podcast, Obsessed. And then if you're going to be in San Francisco this coming weekend on Sunday, I've got a comedy show at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. You can find all that info on my live shows page on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That is it for this week, my friends. More stuff coming. Star Wars rolls on, and so do we. We'll see you next week here on Force Center.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.